and a very warm welcome to the Women's Rugby Pod. I'm Johnny Howard, and alongside me this morning, our new co-host in the chair again this morning, it's the England captain, Sarah Hunter, MBE. How are you, Santa? I'm all right, thanks, Johnny. I, I don't know whether you're going to get bored of, of doing that whole MBE joke ever. I'm not sure you will. <laughs> never. Absolutely never. And I think, you know, I'm sure the listeners and viewers will will, will get in contact. I don't think they're getting tired of it either. Um, <laughs> because, you know, we know in these private moments, you know, just, just how upset you do get if it isn't mentioned. So, you know, I'm privy to that and <laughs> the people at home aren't. <laughs> Anyway, um, the sun is shining uh, up in Loughborough in the, in the background there for our for our listeners. Tough few weeks, I, I'm guessing, in a in a in a pink and purple shirt for Loughborough Lightning. Yeah, it, it has been a, a tough few weeks. Obviously, when you see the fixtures come out and see you have Harlequins followed by Wasp followed by Saracens, you know it's going to be a pretty tough opening. But I know, like. Quite a few teams. Um, they've had international players away. We've had a few injuries, so we've had um, a relatively young Premiership inexperienced team out. But you know, we've been working hard. We've been learning. It's been character building, and we've seen progress. And um, and yeah, it was nice to get the first win of the week of the season up at the weekend at DMP. So um, finally got a W on the board. So. We're looking to to kick on from from here now. Yeah, good stuff. How um, how is Madam Scarrett? Yeah, she's really good. She's she's got um she's she's in the gym. Uh, she's got one of these scooters, you know that I don't know if you've um that you can kneel on and, and scoot around. So she's yeah, she's free. She's um rolling around um Loughborough campus, keeping up with all of the rehab that she can do and bike sessions and stuff so she's she's doing really well she seems in good spirits she pops into the club room and catches up with everyone so so yeah no it's nice to see her face around if you can uh, a, a, a picture of her and her mobility scooter that'd be amazing <laughs> yeah so we can post that around you know like the old school bikes with like a little bell on the front like she needs yeah. a little bell on it as she's like approaching um the- Little basket on the front, sort of Mary Poppins yeah. style. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see that. But it, club is, is is continuing, of course, but just coming over the horizon. A really, really exciting autumn for for the Red Roses uh, and England. Yeah, you know, it seems like ages ago since we actually um, we actually had a proper autumn autumn series, obviously with with COVID and stuff last year and. Um, the the opposition that we've got to play is is yeah what what we want test matches to be about you know two games against New Zealand followed by Canada and USA so um, it's going to be a, a good sort of sounding block to see where we're at ahead of obviously next year um, and we obviously haven't faced New Zealand for a couple of years and. They've had a difficult few years with COVID, so it'll be really interesting to see where where both sides are are at. And we're playing against a lot of Canadians and Americans in in the league at the minute. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they come across and and put put teams out for for those games as well. Yeah, it, it seems to me I, I'm in that kind of market. But if you are a, a rugby coach and 
they're, they're beginning to get it right over in the USA. I'm not sure how, how uh, involved Rob Kane is in, in this. I'm sure he's he's masterminding it all. But the amount of university positions that are starting up women's rugby programs is like unbelievable. Uh, 10, 15 in the last two weeks. Um, so they're starting up programs at university in the USA. So next five years, whoo, they will be away. I think we've always always said it's like a sleeping giant, isn't it? Like you look at the population that they have, you look at the athletes that they produce, and just think if they can if they can get get rugby up and running and and get them to to understand the game, then yeah, they could they could really take off. They could, and we will see um, a little bit about what uh, the uh, the Black Ferns are all about this weekend with the uh, Farah Palmer Cup final, of course, Canterbury against Waikato. I'm sure I said that right, but um, that's how James Gamble told me to say it anyway. So there we are. Um, look, we so interested in, and, and, and lovely to, to chat with you. We're not even told everyone what's coming up on the show. We have got Lynn Cantwell coming on the show, ladies and gentlemen, the lady who's masterminding what is a, a resurgence in South African women's rugby. We will hear all about the developments there and what's, uh, what she's been doing to uh, to generate that resurgence. Um, but also I want to just tap into her, of course, an Irish international legend herself, what uh, her, her her thoughts are on, on Ireland, disappointingly missing out on a World Cup spot. Um, and yeah, wouldn't mind uh, having a little word on Claire Malloy as well. But yeah, of course, we've got news from all over the globe, from uh, news from, from Wales. Uh, we've got all the results from France, from Ireland, from Spain. Spain. Um, we've got some shout outs, of course. There was a Le Crunch Militaire in there as well to to let you know about. So loads coming up on the show. But let's uh, let's get Lynn, Lynn Camwell on the show on the WRP. I'm Donna Kennedy and you are listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Hey. Good morning. Hi, Hi, Johnny. Hi, Sarah. Great to see you. You too. Look at that. The system works. We're saying your name and boom, you pop. There you are. God almighty. Sorry, I've been My on the state. No, no, it's, it's, it's marvellous. Uh, our editor, Sean, has clearly had his Weetabix this morning. So um, tremendous, tremendous. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Don't be silly. Um, I think your second time on I think the so. Yeah. The world team. There you are. Ah, yes, of course. So, yes, you're in that firm bracket of being a friend of the pod. Um, we just wanted to catch up with you. Um, there's lots going on in, in the world of, of international rugby. But while um, Suta and I were just talking be- before coming on, just saying just the amount of noise and, and news coming out of South African women's rugby is almost deafening at the moment. Um, and you are behind that. How How are you finding it all? Oh yeah, look, thanks. Um look it's 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 a great job. Um it's a really it's a lot of work. Um it's not really like a rebuild, it's a build, I think, although lots of really good work. My predecessor, Mahlubi Puzi, he did a lot of work in developing the structures and, and got it to where it can go. Um and I think I I'm sitting on the back of that. So I think there's still lots of work to do, probably what you're seeing is like often with women in sports stories, it's not that work hasn't been done, it just hasn't been visible. So you might be seeing some things that are just more visible now and hopefully they're good stories. Um, but naturally, I think we, we know that that's really important to make the game visible to 
increase to reach. So that's probably what you're seeing. But look, really well welcomed and received by by everybody over there. Um, it's a a union that's committed. I think that's really welcoming. Um, there's a at a leadership point of view at a board and a senior management level, they really want to see it happening, which is a huge makes a huge huge difference. And um, because I think if you haven't got both of them, you're 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 doomed. If you haven't got one of them, it's going to be harder. Um, but if you haven't got both of them, then it's not going to happen. So, um, yeah, hopefully we're we're in a good place for the future. And that 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 for me is is, is that is that my shift. And as you say, perhaps we'll we'll talk about other unions uh, a little bit later on um, with in light of what you just 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 said. But from the outside, it seems that there has been a a, a, a seismic shift to say, do you know what this right or wrongly, but we've got to be completely utterly co- committed to that. Is that is that a is that a Rasmus Erasmus thing? Is it um, a, across the board? Is it just well, look, this has to be done? It's just just the right thing to do. Is and obviously the timing of you coming in to to do that uh, obviously hits hits a nice note as well. Yeah, um, look, like Rassi went into director rugby after the 2019 World Cup, and I suppose the game is part of his remit, and he would have been instrumental in saying the women's game is is a necessary priority. And Charles Vessels, like they're both of my bosses, and um, he's the general manager, and they're most certainly committed to the game being second strategic priority and, and making sure that that we follow and deliver up on that. But that's that that's driven by like Yuri Roo is is the CEO, and and the board obviously support that. So the game has shifted to the second strategic priority, but naturally there's lots of work still to be done to understand, well, what does that reflect? Because that needs to be reflected in, in planning and in finance in the delivery of like coaching, development structures, all of that stuff. And in, in South Africa, there's this 14 provinces um, and naturally all of them are have CEOs and they're all their own independent entities as such. And um, so, you know, our work will be with all of those provinces to make sure that they have a women's rugby action plan and they're committed to it being the second strategic priority and all of that just kind of governance and framework building stuff, which is necessary in women's rugby and sport to make sure that we're in this for the long game. You know, it's not just a um, a short-term approach. I, I I can't wait to see you as a, as a water carrier um, and then doing, and then they're doing tweeting an hour long videos after, after your autumn test games. Um, no, I, I, I joke. Lynn, what was, when you, when you arrived, um, physically or not, um, what 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 was top of the list? What were the two three things that were top of the list you you identified as you say this this evolution rather than rather than revolution? Um, look, we, we've done some work, uh, so we had some insights gathered from the year previous around um, what was the current scope of of women's rugby in the game, what were other countries doing. Um, and where the gaps were as such, you know, and, and that was just kind of a, a kind of performance gaps analysis, really. And um, I, I think what's, what's relatively simple in, in the women's game is that what we're trying to create, and if we're just talking about, you know, performance base as opposed to profi- yeah. pr- participation, like we know what the critical success factors are of, of performance environments. And, you know, like I said, they're leadership and planning and finances and coaching and support staff and medicine and, and development pathways. So I suppose if you map where you're at with all of those against um, what the gold standards are or or what the the current um, number world number ones are, are doing, then you kind of get your, your benchmark. And I think even over, even since we did that, that was kind of two years ago now, 
there's more information about what those benchmarks look like in other sports and, and there will soon be in, in actually in, in world rugby, which is really exciting. So I think when once you have that kind of data, you look at it um, and where did South Africa sit? Look, like I said, leadership is a really key piece. So, you know, definitely having leadership in with responsibility and authority to make decisions what's needed for the game is, is a key part like the planning of, of how do we get there, the um, the financing underpin it is, is harder to do. And I think what's been so hard is, is just the timing of it, obviously, because it's happened with COVID. And um, and yeah. like every country, South Africa is, is feeling the pain of that too. So so that's going to impact us. Um, but like all the other things you can work on is like what are the development pathways? What's the infrastructure? Who's the personnel? What's the coaching um, quality like? And... Then the big pieces around, you know, how do how does the country perceive the women's game? You know, how do we how do we look at that? How do we tackle that? How do we position it so that you know it's a it's a game that that young girls can see as that there's a future in it for them that you know their face is reflected in in what they do see and they see it as a game that that they can go to to you know be safe, be be welcomed, be warm, um, and have an opportunity to learn and grow as as a young woman and and as a player. So. There's lots of work in there, and I know there there's like loads of priorities, and I think Sarah will get this. You know, it's it's hard to go at this in priority mode because there's so much. It's an ecosystem, and and I think my brain is quite um, broad. Like I'm quite, I just think a lot, <laughs> so I probably find it hard sometimes to only just prioritize. So we've tried to start loads of things, um, and then just kind of manage them as the, as they grow. Um, and probably the the big priorities would I, I would say would be leadership um, and performance environments. I think they're the biggest things that we're working on at the moment to try and give the girls the ABCs to be able to train and, and develop. I, I just want to ask one more thing. I think Santa wants to to dive mm-hmm. in and uh, and grill you as well. Um, Paxman, like she's, she's like a bulldog. I tell you, um, this new co-host. Um, but I wanted to know, it seems that that, that visibility, and I, I know you said uh, at the beginning there that these things may well have been happening, but I've got to see it to be it, haven't you? Um, this is the, the, the buzz phrase. Um, but it, it seems that you know, Supersport are getting, getting involved in, in, in broadcasting. Obviously, it's you know, close to my heart with, with my background, but you know, those games were, were on TV. We, we've got a tour coming up. Um, you're playing France. Um and the Barbarians uh, in November, first time in, in four years that the, the, the guys have, have, have toured. Is, is that visibility pretty high up on that uh, on that list as well? Yeah, it is. Um, I think I think it is f- for the reasons of, look, we're, we're trying to attract young girls. Young girls consume information through social media now. Um, yeah. and, and it's a really easy way to, to, to reach, you know. So I think... That's 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 an obvious one. It's a low hanging fruit type of a, an approach, as well as the fact that um, there's so many great stories to tell of the girls and, and the setup and trying to make it visible. There's a huge piece in kind of women's sport and the progress towards women's sport is is an inclusive piece. It's like if you haven't felt included in your sport up to a point and you may not covertly know what that is. But like if you don't see yourself in a picture, if you don't see yourself in an advert, or if you don't see yourself in an interview, then you're not going to think you're included or there's a future for you in the game. So <clears throat> I think being able to send, get the, get the games broadcast for one, obviously it increases the reach to try and get sponsors. We haven't got a, 
a national team sponsor <clears throat> for the sevens, fifteens, or the twenties um, yet, and we definitely want to. Um, so that's going to be really important to to increase the reach for the sponsors to be able to kind of leverage their their commitment. But like at a fundamental good level, plug, well done, good plug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, we, no, carry on. We, want, we, we, we want said to, to Andy we would get that in, didn't we? We said to Andy yeah. we would get that in. So no, that's no, you can crack on. And yeah, if you want to sponsor Women's Rugby Pod alongside the South African Women's Program, you carry on. So no problem at all. There we are. Double plug. Sorry, Lynn. <laughs> I, I interrupted you. Carry on. Yeah, no, you're fine. But look, if you like, social media is free, and you know it's a way that we can obviously send the messages out and. And make the girls visible um, and that's a, an obvious one that we wanted to get sorted so like as you said like Andy and the team are are great and we're working on the communications plan and we're working with all the provinces to try and show how they can become visible and stuff themselves too and um, like I say that with a little caveat though and, and I'm sure Sarah will will agree is that I think we need to be responsible about what what we of, of the role of, of social media and, and I think we need to be we need to be careful that the culture that we're creating for young girls coming through is not one that they're motivated by what they look like externally um, on a platform. Um, we know that what's necessary in order for girls to perform at the top is it's hard to do it. So you, you need a lot of internal motivation and, and you don't get that through what you look like on a platform. You get that from inside and the people around you. So I think hopefully by building, building a, a culture whereby, you know, we use, the mechanisms through visibility to, to grow the game and, and the reach and so on and, and spread the word, but protect the girls as well um, to make sure that they don't attach their value to what they see on social media, you know, because sometimes there can be a disconnect between what's real and what's not. Yeah, I think that's so important, isn't it? Especially like when you just don't talk about rugby, what their how their lives are around social media and how young people interact and communicate with one another and it, it's it's great tool to have especially I think for women's rugby but just yeah you're absolutely right Lynn about how you manage that not just from a rugby perspective but how you manage that from them as the person and the individual and how they see themselves generally it's such yeah. a it's such a tough one to to balance out isn't it yeah yeah no it definitely is and it sounds like this. Oh, do you want to go, Johnny? No, no, you carry on, Sunta. The less I talk, the better for the listeners. <laughs> I think uh, just listening to hear you talk about what what's going on in South Africa, what you're trying to do, I think just for the game as a whole is really exciting that it sounds like you've got some really good people that are behind you wanting to drive the game. And as, as you said initially, it, it takes a group of people to, to do that because if you don't have that buy-in, then you're almost hitting your head against a, a brick wall or it's a very um, long upward hill struggle to, to get to where you want to. Um, and just on that, I just wondered, like, obviously that you're saying about sort of you're now in this building phase, whether you've had or you have personally set targets for, for South Africa national team to reach um and if you have like do you mind sharing them or what what they are perhaps yeah yeah no look that's really important question um and like it is hard look I think for the world cup next year um we're definitely we're in a difficult pool we're obviously playing England and France and, and Fiji which are gonna be really tough three games and so we definitely want to perform with distinction you know we'd love to try and and get out of the pool um and then what we're trying to we're working on at the moment is more of our kind of 
analysis framework and our evaluation framework about, you know, what does that look like for a game and, and what does success look like and, you know, how do we build from that, et cetera. Um, and then in a, in a broader sense, it'll be looking to, to 2025 and 2029, you know, how do we get more girls involved in the game? How do we create performance environments to give them a chance to grow and perform? And, and, and I think what, what I'm interested in, and I'm sure you guys are as well, and what I love, I think, about the era that we're in in, in the women's game is that um, I think genuinely everybody just wants everybody to, to come to the party, don't they? You know, so, you know, we, we want Fiji to, to come to the party and they did in the Olympics and like what we saw was just out of this world. So we saw what, what that style of their, of their game could the impact that it could cause on, on the world stage. And, and I think we want that from South Africa. We want that from the Kenyas, the Colombias, the, um, all of the different countries that are emerging and, 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 and pushing through. So what I'd hope to see is that we can create that in South Africa so that, you know, we can have a, another continent and country that's, that's, that's competing to drive, make a games exciting, make everybody just be, feel really excited by the game and the direction that it's going. And, and I do think it's possible um, but it, it's going to take an awful long time and not an awful long time, actually. I think it's just going to take an awful lot of work, but um, hopefully hopefully we can do it. And one of the ways you, you're getting those players into um, that elite environment, obviously we'll, we'll go and play on a regular basis in in a league that is, uh, you know, regarded as sort of one of the, the, the best in the world, the fifties. Uh, and just days ago, Zintle Pupa, um, thank you, Elmer Schmidt, for that uh, pronunciation, Nicky. Thank you. Um, signed for Exeter Chiefs. How big a part of you were involved in that, driving that? How important is that going to be? And is that has that opened the floodgates somewhat? Yeah, look, it's great. Like, Sintley is, is a really great player. Um, like Exeter, like Sarah will know, Exeter doing a great job since they came into the league. And I suppose the, the bit of freedom that Exeter have is that they are looking like internationally and um, I was in contact with Susie and, and she was interested in Zintley and we, um, we, we, we looked into it and it's the first time it has happened. So there's lots of kind of red tape that we had to figure out and, and visas and <clears throat> quarantine periods, etc. But she's over there and, and hopefully we'll get a game maybe this weekend um, and, and she's in a good place. And I'm really delighted that it's Exeter that she's gone to. Like I, I trust uh, what, what, Susie's doing and what she's creating and I think the kind of international environment that they have down there in a cool university city although it's probably a little bit rainier than Zintle is used to and I think she's a bit worried about that but uh, <laughs> hopefully that'll be a good year for her and I think that the thing that works well is the seasons because they're in opposite seasons so so she's off season technically at the moment even though it's international com- coming up um, and then she'll kind of go back in, in May for example May June next year and not that she will go into the domestic competition because I think we'd have to manage her load, but you know it, it works well then for for World Cup prep. And, and is she the first of many? <laughs> you me to it, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, that's it. Look, as I said, our priority. I think one of the things that South Africa um, historically have struggled with is 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 game time because. Um, geographically, they're quite isolated. Um, just just resources haven't facilitated lots of travel in the past, and their domestic competition is such a big country. It, it takes a lot of resources to fly around the country and play in their domestic competition. So we have doubled the rounds. We've got ten games this year compared to five last year, which is good. But 
and um, we just need game time you know yourself Sarah you just need game time to to get better and improve so I I I, I think there will be more um more for sevens and fifteens we, we definitely want to look at that and then we'll have to manage the balance between um how do we continue to grow the domestic game as well as getting some of the girls experience um internationally and then then bring it home and, and spread the word. Okay. Um what we are conscious I mean I could talk to you for, for well we could talk to you for for ages um utterly engaging uh, as as ever uh Lynn. Um and we're just gonna move on um Obviously, South Africa coming up here. Hopefully, those games are going to be available somewhere. Um, a few experienced players, uh, Tyler Kinsey and Baba Lacha. Baba Lacha. They are. But oh, she's just rolling that off the tongue. Um, have been included after missing um, those tests against Kenya earlier in the year amongst six uncapped players. Um, as they have also announced that the under-20 women and DHA Wilson Stormers, Lauren Johan, Halpert will travel with SA Women as part of development of elite women, female coaches. And what you were talking about earlier, getting that coaching standard up as well. So just to remind, South Africa Women will play France in Van on the 6th of November. And then the Barbarians as part of a unique doubleheader on the 27th of November. Who should we be looking out for then if we're going to be able to, to catch those games somewhere on the uh, in the ether, what particular players we, we need to be looking out for future stars? Oh, future stars! Look, I think um, the present stars. Yeah, like I, I'm I'm just such a rugby romantic, and I think Sarah will join me on this. Like Zanaja Dan is is one of our um, stalwarts of the game, and she's played for South Africa. You know, she had that trademark little kind of ponytail um, for a long, long time. She played sevens and fifteens, and. She's just a beautiful mastermind, beautiful brain, um, and a, and a, and an amazing analytical player. So I, I think I, I'd hope to see her um, play and perform and get the game time that she needs to, to grow into it. So she's a wonderful player. Obviously, like Sintley's a really strong player. Nadine Ruas, she's coming from the seventh circuit. She's um, one of the wingers and, and growing herself into yeah. the fifteenth game. She's a wonderful player. Ter- terrible, like go straight for the backs. Whereas Sarah's like, tell me about the pack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's the back row like I know yeah, well Lusanda Dumka actually she's got player of the year this year and she's a wonderful she was the border captain who won the, the final and she's a really really gritty seven um, Cindy Boy is their captain well Lusanda was their captain Cindy is the lock she's a really experienced she's their most experienced player as well um, so yeah, you've got some really good talent coming through there. Hopefully, they can they can produce it on on the tour. It's come as no surprise to anyone that you literally virtually named the entire squad because you have done your research and you're across it all. That comes as no surprise to us whatsoever. Uh, Lynn, let's let's move off South Africa, if we may, from sort of positivity to possibly not not quite so positive. It would be remiss if we didn't ask you about um, the country, of course. Um, you played for Ireland uh, and the recent disappointment of, of not getting to the World Cup. It, um, sad times there. Yeah, look, I think it's um, it's heartbreaking. The girls are heartbroken. Um, and they'll have to take responsibility for for the results and, and, and the um, what does that mean? Like, as a, as a former player, like, it's, it's heartbreaking as well. Um, and I think I just think it's important that we don't look away from this. I think you know we'll know the historical backdrop, and I just really encourage people to to try and keep their finger on the pulse 
with um with what not's going right to try and make sure that that it gets rectified and gets turned around um and just just hope that 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 happens but yeah look i think there was lots of discussions in in our community you know like our our former player group where we're still connected and people are 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 disappointed with it you know because this is the end of a, a cycle. I think formally now this cycle hasn't done well um, and, and there needs to be some hope as to what's going to happen in the future to ensure that uh, it's turned around. Because I think, look, Sarah will agree and, and you'll agree, Johnny, I think Ireland should be at a World Cup. You know, what's that going to mean? Being out of a World Cup cycle and, and losing out on those games, that's probably two years that's, that's gone down and the experience that all the other countries gain, etc. And we don't want to see that. And, and I think there's some wonderful players even I think of the sevens, Lucy Mulhall, Amy Lee Murphy Crow, I think they should all be Olympians. Um and and the likes of Claire Malloy, upcoming Eve Eve Higgins, you know, all of those wonderful players, Catherine Dane, um, Kira Griffin, you know, I would have liked to see them in the World Cup. So I think everybody's disappointed with that. Maybe on a more happier note, Claire Malloy. Obviously, um, like you've had the pleasure of playing with her at club and not so much you probably playing against her <laughs> and a wonderful human, but obviously from a, a fellow Irish person, just talk to us about Claire Bolloy. Yeah, oh, like total love eyes. When I think about this girl, um, and I did really play against her once, Sarah. She popped up in the centre in Bristol when I was playing Richmond. I was like, oh, cool. That's <laughs> Um, no, look, Claire Malloy is the, one of the most wonderful humans I've come across in my life. And um, obviously, like, doctor, like, I remember when she came onto the scene and I was probably 28 and she was probably 19, 20 or something. And she, I was standing in a 10 for some reason. It was that season, that madness. And um, she was a flanker. And she kept on hitting me, you know. And I remember turning around to Goose going, like, she's offside. Could you actually teach this new player the rules? And I was, then he, she, he was like, no, she's not. She's just really fast. And I was like, this is terrible. Right, who is this person? You know? But anyway, she's just so blistering and she's incredible. She's so analytical. I love her brain. She, like Sarah, only you can know what a mastermind she is at the breakdown. Um, and she's the godmother of, of my, my boy. Um, and I love her dearly. And I really feel sad that she's not going to play with Ireland um, in the future. But I think I was I was happy for her to to pull the plug when she wanted to um, so that she can make sure that she knows how much of a wonderful player that she was and whatever was happening with selection and she wasn't getting selected. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll all have her opinions about that. Um, and I just hope that she'll, what she'll reflect on her journey is just the incredible impact she made on the world game because she did. And she, I'm sure was a nightmare to play against as a flanker, Sarah, was she? Oh yeah. I mean, like she is probably one of the world's best sevens uh, there has been. Like she just so every time you come to play against her, the analysis was all about Malloy and how to stop her, and very rarely you could do. That's how good she was. Um, but yeah, she like it's been formidable over over the years. And yeah, like you, Lena, I'm just pleased that she's decided on her terms when when she's wanted to, to step away. And I think for her would have loved to see her at another another World Cup. You want to see the best players on the best stage and it it's sad that she won't get to do it, but the fact that she's gone, nah, this is my time and that's all you want for players, you know, to go out when they're when they're ready to to go. But um and I think we, we talk about 
about her and how wonderful she was as a player, but um, and still is. I think she's still mm. going to play for Wasps. But um, but the person bit, the teammate bit. That's mm. that's. Just, I just think she's a, a wonderful person, and mm. she's someone that you want to go onto the pitch with and want to go into battle with because mm. you know she'll be. She'll be there doing everything she can for, mm. for the team. Um, but yeah, she's a, a such a, a nice person off it as well. Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. I just she's the type of person to go back to the social media piece we were talking about earlier. You know, she's the type of senior player that you want around to kind of show girls that you can be just exceptionally talented and not have to have to talk about it to gain your value, you know. Um she's that type of of influence experience like I I value experience so much like as a senior head you know definitely in test rugby and representative rugby how important senior heads are to be able to get your results you know and manage your game etc and I think maybe that's something that Ireland lacked in in this last kind of two years is just the value put on game management and how strategically to position yourself around the pitch and what needs to be done at certain times and I think that's what she brings Um, but such a wonderful person absolutely exceptional and she'll look she'll is a doctor she's going to hopefully be a, a pediatrics consultant in the next year or two and she'll be wonderful and we won't lose her to the game I'm interested in see what she'll do you know I'm not too sure will she coach she's obviously a medic I'm sure she'll get involved with that at that state at some stage but I definitely I don't think the world needs to lose her she's just too wonderful to to lose her from from the game so you're you're a bit of a fan then Lynn, that's brilliant. What a a, a lovely way to to, to round things. We will get on with um, a thousand more meets and Zooms and and all the rest of it. Um, We will continue to to watch on with great interest. And um, yeah, we're only seeing positive things coming out of South Africa, and perhaps we'll, uh, we'll catch up over the November period as well. But yeah. Congratulations on, on, on your start of getting your, your legs under this African desk and long may uh, the progression continue. And thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thanks, guys. Thanks a million for having me. I'm Sarah Hedene and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. And there she goes, Lynn Cantwell. Um, I mean, as much as she's talking about Claire Malloy there, she's, um, yeah, a lot of that is, is true of herself, isn't it? The yeah. um, the analytics of the game about um, about substance and not particularly about the spectacle um, and, and a wise head on the field. Um, she is exactly the kind of person that you want involved at the top level of the game, isn't she? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you just look back to the the grand slams that Ireland won the semi final that they got to in a World Cup and and Lynn was fundamental to 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 those um and you you want that experience you want that level headed approach and everything that she brings but you've got to have the the ability and the the characteristics as a as a person to do that and for me Lynn soothes them I just think she's she's just a positive person to have as well. And I think where South Africa are having someone like Lynn at the helm of that is just like, like one of the best moves I think they South Africa could have made to get sort of the right person in with the right rugby brain, right rugby brain um, and the motivation and direction of where 
she wants to take them, I think is, yeah, I, I like excited to see where South Africa are, given some time to, to put the things in place that Lynn wants South Africa to, to do. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And it's no, um, I suppose she's a really, really lovely human being. Um, I haven't spent a huge amount of time with her, but um, just a, a really lovely human being. And actually, what are we, we're a, we're a human being 100% of the time and a, and a rugby player or a rugby aficionado or whatever, uh, only part of the time. And actually getting the right human beings involved is critical. And um, yeah, I think it's an absolute masterstroke from, from the South African Rugby Union. As you say, we will look on with interest. I am Shona Pell Hughes and you are listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Let's move on to some of the other international news gracing our screens, as it were, in the last week. Moving from South Africa Island into Wales. So we should try and keep it positive, shouldn't we? Um, anyway, the, the Wales coaching team has been announced um, after departures, of course, of Rachel Taylor up at sale now, Warren Abrahams. Um, real of coaches and uh, on transparency and, and misty uh, appointments. Anyway, uh, last week they announced a full-time appointment of Owen Cunningham, WRFU elite coach, graduate, and ex-Wales under twenties men's coach. He'll join Garrett Lewis as interim head coaches through the next six months assisted by ex-Scarlet Attack coach Richard Whiffin. The new WRFU performance director, Nigel Walker, says that the women's game is key to the WRFU's plans for development. And sticking with Wales, um, this week the, uh, the, the chair, Rob Butcher, used his address within the annual report to insist the improvements will be made and errors rectified when it comes to the women's games. Wales have endured a troubled time uh, with their senior side, having not won a game in two years. In November 2020, WRU named Warren Abrams as head coach, Rachel Taylor, full-time women's national skills coach. However, Taylor, as we know, resigned just before the Six Nations and then Abrams left by mutual consent four months later. Sean Lily Crap took to social media. I think it was a, a BBC uh, sport piece. So the team have accepted the apology made by the Welsh Rugby Union and are ready to move forward after a tough few years. It has been a rudderless ship and a real mess. Uh, I know you're in a slightly difficult position to to comment, but it's let's let's look forward because that's you know, that's what we generally try to do on, on this podcast uh, and try and find the, the the positives. Words are fab. But as we go on about in this podcast, more often than not, fact and overt needs not words. WRFU have put these words into action now. It's for me the last two years. It, it's just not fair on the girls playing the game, and and that's that's not acceptable. Yeah, I, I like you say it's about moving forward. I think you can talk a lot about what has or what hasn't happened. Um, but you like to think that the statement that they've come out and made, they've got new people 
in charge now that not just from a coaching perspective, but, you know, at, at sort of board level, at the decision making level that actually decides who gets what support, probably financial, who gets funding, et cetera, et cetera. And they've come out and they've made a big thing about saying we are going to we we recognised we've let women's rugby down. We need to do better. Now's their moment to, to show that because there's some like such great players in Wales and like as a as a player to player you 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 genuinely feel for for them in terms of like how they have to manage playing international rugby and manage uh, a full-time job studies everything that goes alongside it so I really hope for for the players and, and knowing a lot of the Welsh players and what they put into playing for their country that that they are now going to be backed by their by their their governing body you know they, they've said it they've come out and said they need to do better now is the time to see that they do it and I, I really hope that we do because we we know Wales of old like how competitive they are and and what they can do on the international stage and it'd be great to see Wales Wales back there to to what we know they they can be yeah if you like that the passion those those girls have one of the most passionate rugby nations isn't it align that passion with decent coaching and structures and and psychology and all of it um they would be all beaters um but it puzzles me so to the, the six month thing october what is that I think it's just to March. Yeah, I was doing my maths as well. And then, uh, and then what? A World Cup, I, you know, several months later. Would you know what? On a full flow of it, right through to the World Cup. It seems that seems a seems odd to me. Yeah, it's interesting. Maybe there's a master plan behind it. You know, um, I I don't know. Like you, you think is is it six months? Does that take us to the end of the Six Nations? So they're giving them a autumn and a six nations do they then get a shot at if they do well enough they're in line for world cup i'm sure there's been a lot of discussions that that's gone on um in terms of of why that time frame is but it just seem it just seem an interesting time frame to to put in place given what you then four well i'm trying to do my math now six another six seven months out from the world cup starting and how much time is that for a new set of coaches to to do what they need? I don't know. With very little game time, um, because you you will have had those through through the Six Nations and, and what have you. Um, love it, and it's so beautifully media trained. I say it's odd. You say it's interesting. <laughs> Amazing, um, brilliant stuff. Um, look, we, we, you, it absolutely goes without saying. Um, we wish all, all the very very best for. For those Welsh players and for them to, to get what they, they, they deserve. Uh, hopefully, having the captain on the pod next week, Charlie Crap. So, uh, fingers crossed. Uh, to talk about uh, Bristol as well and their, their great start to the season. But we will stick with international news. Uh, we go to Spain. Dora Lee was delayed start to the season uh, and a postponed first round. The second round of matches commenced last weekend. Residencia 7, Cisneros 15, Saint Cugnat 14, Olympico 15, Sant Scrum 24, Iba 55, Maradon Honda 8, 
Sportiva Coco's 15. I'm just going to make a massive apologies. Uh, it's not often I don't do my homework, but I haven't done my homework on those the pronunciations. I'm going to get straight on the phone after this to Patricia Garcia and get her to run me through those names. So apologies, but at least we brought you the results from the Spanish League. Sarah Hunter, you will have a keen eye on this weekend down in New Zealand, won't you? Because you'll be playing the Blackburns in a couple of games and it's their finals time. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be really interesting to to see how that goes, which players are um, playing well, who's coming out on top. Because, yeah, like you say, they'll be getting on a plane and heading over over to here. So, yeah, really interesting to see. Yeah, last week, well, it's a big bay of plenty. So, Waikato um, didn't automatically qualify to play against Canterbury, who already booked their spot. Um, knew they would host the Pinnacle event as well. At the weekend, Wellington went down 10-26 to Waikato. Therefore, the Premiership final will be defending champions Canterbury against Waikato. Uh, Northland lost by a single point, 26-27 to Hawke's Bay. That makes Hawke's Bay meet Manawatu in the Championship final. Uh, and then they had a warm-up friendly. Canterbury and saw them down at 7.25 at time before pulling back a strong second 40 minutes, 31.25. So just getting a bit of practicing before that final. Again, hoping to have a champion on the pod next week. You're not going to put your money anywhere else but Canterbury, are you? Uh, you never know in finals. Stranger things have happened. Sportsman's bet? Not allowed to bet, Johnny. Okay, I'm going Canterbury. <laughs> I'm gonna, I've got a plate where I'm hoping for this one in a few weeks. Say, uh, I'm just going for Bear Plenty, um, who aren't even in it. Well done, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Moving closer to home, another round of uh, Premier 15's action. Round four happened at the weekend. Bristol, four from four. Maximum points. Continued their impressive start. Phoebe Murray on the score sheet again as they beat Sale Sharks 27-17. Sharks made a good second half comeback, but the Bears kept topping up the scores and in the end, a comfortable win. It's imp- it is an impressive start from, from Bristol. You have to get, don't you, with a, a new coach, uh, a bit of a bounce in the step um, and what have you. But this is more than that now, isn't it? Four games in, four wins. Yeah, um, they've made some good signings as well during the during the summer. Um, the, if you look at the spine of their team, um, then they've got some real experience. Um, uh, you look like they've got Abby Ward now. They've got Kira Bevan. They've got uh, Snowy. They've got Amber. Yeah, you know, they've got some real key up in the pack. They've got as well, they've got Burner. You know, they've got some some real good quality players um, that everything else fits around. So there's no surprise that, that they're doing well. I think over the last few seasons, they've almost had players not always been fit, not always been available. Um, so, yeah, it's no surprise to see that they're doing well. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree with the, the, the injuries come out. The likes of um, Jan Reed and as you say, Sarah Byrne. Um, yeah, Kira Bevan was out a huge amount of time last season, wasn't she? Yeah. Exeter was big old game for Exeter, backing up that win over Harlequins, 23-13. Exeter won down at Sandy Park. Heavy weather conditions, created lots of turnovers, some really intense periods of open play. But Exeter kept a resilient attack that saw them come from behind to beat was and we spoke about her earlier, didn't we, for pronunciations? But um, Patricia Garcia came into the game, and yeah, it was one of those s- substitutions that almost changed the game. Real injection of energy, um, and her game management as well. And Didika Menin, a lady you'll know well, hell of a score from her. Yeah, um, on try of the week, I think. Um, you know, Exeter have built a really good, a good squad down there. Um, I think. I don't know, you look for the team and I think 90% of them are all international players. So there's no doubt that they're doing doing well. And it's such a tough place to go and play down at Sandy Park. It, the travel, everything that comes with it, they've made it a bit of a, a fortress down there. So um, it, it doesn't surprise me that they, that they picked up uh, another win at home. Yeah, uh, I mounted a sort of... Uh, women's rugby data did a, a team sheet and it, yeah it's um, League of Nations isn't it it's almost like a Harlem Globetrotters Trotters in terms of the, the internationals and what have you um, but yeah she's picked up some really really tough customers and all the best to them uh, yourselves first points of the season for you guys as you uh, came over DMP 59-0 as you said at the top of the show good to get the victory how about the performance yeah, I think um, it was definitely a marked improvement, a performance of how we wanted to play. Um, so, yeah, it, it probably ticked, ticked a few boxes a win and, yeah, definitely moved in the right direction. As always, still things to, to fix up, but you don't mind fixing things up when when you're winning, that's for sure. Uh, did he not? Harlequins, Gloucester, great, great game, wasn't it? Really, really was uh, really exciting. I mean, t- intense game of rugby. Um, Gloucester Heartbreak uh, started brilliant. Kelly Smith with her third touchdown of the season, and then seesaw wasn't it on the on the scoreboard? Tell who else? But Shauna Brown, seventy eighth minute sky, seventy uh, eighth minute try from oh, a normal try range for Shauna. Less yeah. than half a meter. Yeah, she's got a, a knack of popping up, hasn't she? At a, a critical a critical moments. Um, and this is what we've talked about. I mean, I do feel for Gloucester, um, Hartbury, um, it, it looked like that they were gonna gonna get their victory against uh Quinns. But um I think the fact that their close game shows how much the the league is pushing on, um and it goes down to the wire with games these days. Yeah, it certainly does. Um Really good performance from them. We're down 34-5 to, to Saracens. Um, but, yeah, they played some really, really nice stuff, Worcester, and continue to, to grow and grow. Uh, but Saracens, they're able to, to convert with Charles from Naughty Clap, Lackambua, uh, Zoe Harrison, Bobby Cleal, and Cap Evans as well. They will continue to get better and better and better, won't they, they Worcester? Uh, top six side for you? 
I mean, hopefully not better by next week or this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But see, we've got. I mean, I'd I'd love to see them see them get better, but um, just not not too soon. <laughs> but no, you look at the the team that they've got and some of the performances that they've had this season and some of the score lines. And I know um, Joe Yap and Sean Moore do are doing great things, and they've now got um, Bird or Lisa Burgess. Um, in their coaching team, so they've got they've got a great coaching um, set up to to help. Um, yeah, I'm just sorry. So there's a postman knocking at my window while I'm trying to record an international women's rugby podcast. So it's extraordinary. The DPD you not know about these things. No, exactly. I'm so sorry for putting you off, uh, so to carry on. No, um, I've completely lost what I was saying. Uh, Worcester, yeah, they've got great. Um, great coaching set up they've got real good players um you speak to any of the girls uh they love being there and i can only see them going from strength to strength but like i say just not in time for saturday <laughs> because on saturday lightning take on worcester quinn's host bristol that'd be an intriguing game it's a uh, northern derby dmp take on sale on sunday exeter host oh, sorry exeter travel to saracens i should say what up against Clough Heartbreak. So that's the Premier 15's taken care of. What about down in the Championship, Sunta? Yeah, so Championship 1 North. We had Nova Castrians, my old team. Um, unfortunately, they lost at home to Keltenham, 12-29. Barnsley um, were at home to Litchfield, but Litchfield came away with a win, 24-17. Kenilworth got a win against Harrogate, 36-28. Sefton lost to Loughborough Town, 64-0. And West Park Leeds beat Furwood, Waterloo, 82-0 at home. In the south, um, there was a big mix-up in the league this week. Thurrock beat Old Albanians, 10-3 at home. Um, it was a huge performance from Thurrock to beat OAs at their home ground because Always uh, have had a strong start to the season. Reading Abbey beat Hove 26-22. Um, Bath won on um, on the road. To, they beat Buckingham Swans 43-7. And there was a draw, 17-all thriller against Richmond and Henley. And Blackheath beat Supermarine um, 31-0. They did... Indeed. Over in Ireland, AL results, Galwegian 7, UL Bows 43, Cook beat Colin Ballingog 24-10, Old Bay over Deer 57, Malone 12, Railway Union put 142 points on Wicklow. Um, yeah. Bit of a disparity there. Blackrock put 50 on Sartonians as well. And Railway Union and Old Belvedere, UL Boat, all top the table on 10 points. This week, Wallencock take on Galwegians. Blackrock take on Wicklow. Malone host Railway Union. Sartonians against Cook. And UL Bows take on Old Belvedere. Down in Portsmouth, meanwhile... In the week, I heard it was a was a tremendous game in Le Crunch Militaire. 
There certainly was. The UK Armed Forces um, beat the French Forces 27-14. Numerous appearances from um, Premiership and international players, um, including a Man of the Match performance by the very own Lightning number 8 and UKAF debutant Sally Stott. Um, So it's great to see that she did well down there. It was also refed by Captain Nicky Donnell. Um, and by all accounts, it was very physical. Um, As which, expected, yeah. Yeah, you can imagine with two um, yep. forces coming against. But um, the UKF had a more of a, a set-piece dominant uh, sort of game, which produced no no more than a hat-trick for Amy Cocaine, although one was out on the wing, I think. So uh, I don't know if that had come from uh, a set-piece or just Amy Cocaine doing what she does best and scoring tries out on the wing. But the EFMF, the Equipe de France Militaire Feminine, don't know if my pronunciation was uh, right. Uh, but... It's as good as my Spanish, don't you worry. <laughs> um, they didn't give the UKF all uh, their own way um, and they got um, several late powerful tries um, towards the end of the game to, to bring the score, as we said, to 27-14. Indeed, they did. Enjoyed hugely. Long may those kind of fixtures continue. Uh, no elite one this week, but round three uh, coming up this weekend. Who won matches? Stade Francais against Lens, Stade Toulon against ASA Rouenard, Stade René take on Grenoble, Pabogne 93 have a bye. Pool two, Lille take on Bordeaux, AS Bolognais. Host Lyon Montpellier against Blagnac. Chile Manazan have the bye. Statulia, top pool one with 10 points. And Black joint top of two, both with 10 points. Into the shout outs then, and uh, things worth noting. In the last seven days, uh, last recording. Speaking of France, we just done with their, their fixtures. Leah Dugang, the uh, former Leinster now, we should say, and Ireland prop, has joined the French cha- champions, ASM Rougmanard, as many would know them as Clement. I just dropped her a little note uh, to say congratulations and I hope she settles in well. And yeah, I've got to look to catch up with her and see how French life is treating her. Once she's uh, once she's got the French slippers on, well and truly. Yes, and Scotland, off the back of um, them reaching their repechage, have announced that they are going to play Japan this autumn. They are going to play them on November the 14th at DAM Health Stadium in Edinburgh. Yeah, and it, it was interesting to obviously get some, some game practice up before that. Um, the chief exec, the SRU, Mark Dobson, and chair, John Jeffrey, uh, both promised to provide funding necessary to ensure that the national women's team have the best possible chance of making it to their first ever World Cup. Uh, and as you say, in preparation for that, they will be playing Japan. Again, brilliant words. Let's see the deeds. Yeah, Speaking of a nation that need to need to show some deeds, Wales. Yeah, and tickets for their Wales series of autumn tests against South Africa, Japan and Canada go on sale on Friday at 9am. They do indeed. Shout out to Heather Fisher. 
The announced she will be joining the new Leicester Litchfield coaching setup. She will certainly bring some energy, will Tigger. Yeah, she will. Um, I think she might have a role as S and C as well in there. So uh, I'm sure they'll um, be put um, about their paces, no doubt, up at um, Leicester slash Litchfield. Um, in other news away from the pitch, Kay Alder announced last week that she's expecting, which is super exciting for an amazing person. Um, and she's been a, a great servant to to her club and to, to the league. Always um, a great player week in, week out. So we wish her all the best over the next few months. And who knows, we might see her back in um, the black and gold of Wasps again. Yeah. Tremendous servant and lovely human and wish her all the very best with that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now to a list of firsts for, for many clubs uh, here in England who've got in contact over the last seven days. We do urge you to to, to get in contact at Pod Women's Rugby. You, you get in contact with us. Um, we'll, we'll give you a shout out on the pod. We'll let people know what you're up to. Um, so, so please do that. Remind you at Pod Women's Rugby. Bedford Blues. Uh, they'll play their first ever game at Goldington Road on October the 10th this weekend. Alongside the men, a first for the club. Women in, in National Governments uh, 3 Midlands Tier 5. Yes, and that's such great news. And the same can be said about Hartlepool RFC ladies who will play their first league game against Blade and Red Kites second on Sunday at 2pm. Yeah, a huge shout out to your Bows RFC, who made history at the weekend by fielding a second team in the Munster Women's Division 2 in Ireland. And that's an important distinction because an ex-player pointed out to them on social media. They weren't quite the... She got confused with the leagues. Anyway, uh, that is history made by your Bows. So, yes, the clubs are beginning to put out two teams. It's um, It's tremendous, tremendous news. Yeah, no, absolutely. The numbers in women's rugby are, are flying up, which is another um, first down in Oxford, which who will have their first home league match for the Oxford Quins first 15. Um, oh, no, sorry. They did have their first um, league match. Um, so it wasn't the result they wanted, but huge progress that they've actually got a game out and... Lots of to look forward to. Exciting times ahead, and we wish them all the best there. Yes, well done, the Oxford Quins women's. Uh, congratulations to UAE under 18s girls team who won the Asia Rugby under 18 sevens championship held in Uzbekistan. Uzbekistan, in fact, uh, their first Arab nation to win the Asia Rugby tournaments. Huge congratulations to them. We're yeah. flying all over the globe now. Yeah, we're everywhere. And it's not just senior women. It's young um, future players of the game uh, doing well as well. Um, and we're, we're jetting off um, to Barbados, um, where the RFU have launched Try Like a Girl, which is a new initiative to increasing participation of girls in rugby. Yeah, if only we were jetting out to Barbados, eh? <laughs> yeah. That would be nice. Take the pod on tour. Yeah, again, sponsorship available to to do that if you wanted the uh, Barbados Tourist Board. If you're listening, um, or any sort of rum-based company, again, more than happy to uh, introduce you to the pod. Um, 
Marty Packer. Many happy returns. We won't say what number. <clears throat> Not as many as me, that's for sure, Johnny. So, oh, well, yeah, let's, let's just draw a discreet veil over those numbers. Um, but she was a big five in terms of appearances for Saracen. So, well done, Mama Marley. Um, and our final shout out has to be to our very own Sean Phelan and fill your boots. See, if you're an actor, Robbie, in England, um, get onto this, onto this website. Um, in fact, if you're in the UK, get onto this website because it basically connects people together, players, teams, people who haven't got a fixture. Uh, and he's launching a brand new website today, grassroots based um, through the social networks that will help more teams happen and unite clubs across the UK. Register for free at FYB Rugby. Dot com that is fill your boots fyb rugby dot com brilliant initiative we're sure all the very very best for that uh, one of the good guys in this game well, it's been an absolute pleasure center to to have you on we've had you far longer than uh, than we anticipated um i wonder if you get told off for that but um england announcement later this week hopeful mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> with anticipation. Um, but yeah, hopefully uh, we've got two um, big weeks of, of training. Obviously, there's a pause in the AP15s after this week and we, we head into two weeks prep before um, before the big games against New Zealand, Canada and USA. So yeah, exciting times. Really is, really is. Oh, it's yeah, be, be lovely to to have you on the pod. A huge uh, thank you to Lynn Cantwell as well. Um, always an absolute pleasure to to have her on the pod. I, I have to say, yeah, uh, my heart has been well and truly topped up with her uh, praise of Claire Malloy. Um, it was yeah, really, really lovely stuff, wasn't it? Um, big thank you to her. Big thank you to all of the team. To Sean. Particularly a big thank you to Harry Rolfe, who leaves us. Uh, other guys doing social media. He's got, a, got, a, got himself a proper job. What on earth is that? And, um, yes, yeah, so I'm not able to, to carry along with us. He's been absolutely brilliant uh, for some time. So wish him all the, the very best. Well, that does mean, has he got room for anyone else who fact is joining the team, giving us a hand, putting this little podcast out there. So, yeah, do get in touch with us if you fancy thank you to tom and to bluebell as well next week as we said during this podcast showing early crap hopefully and a winner of the farah palmer cup will it be a canton player will it be a waikato player who knows enjoy your rugby over the weekend there's loads coming at you from all different angles uh, it's been great joining you this morning. Remember to rate, subscribe and share us uh, on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, at Pod Women's Rugby, for all of that. Thank you, Sunta. Hope the sniffles don't turn into flu and uh, we'll see you th- soon. Yeah, thanks once again for being on. Keep Great stuff. Catch you next week, everyone.